Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Welcome to another episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, and joining me as always on our Saturday show, Scott Evansky. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. I'm so glad to be here. It's fun because even though WandaVision is now over, we still have more to talk about. So I'm excited. A lot more to talk about. And I am so pumped once again to welcome Jolene Purdy to the show. Jolene, thank you so much for coming on a second time. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Uh, Jolene, season one of WandaVision is complete. The final dropped just a week ago on March 5th. And I, I don't know about you guys, but this last Friday, which just yesterday as we record, it was a little sad. Like I'm, I miss my Wanda. I know, but there's nowhere else they could have gone. Like, I feel like they, they ended on such a, uh, I don't even know how it ended. If it ended, I don't know. <laughs> there's too many things that are still left undone, I think. Personally. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely a lot of questions. Yeah. A lot of questions. And I loved how they, they ended that. There's a lot of questions to be answered, but before we get there, I I'd, I'd love to know just how was it for you with season one ending? What has been your experience in the last week? Uh, um, so the last week leading up to the finale was amazing. Marvel fans are like a force. Like I've never seen. I had like some huge um, fans for Orange is the New Black and um, some people for Under the Dome were really excited about it, but nothing. I've never experienced anything like Marvel fans. And they're all positive. Like there was no tearing down everyone, except for if you get something wrong. Like if you get your, <laughs> your knowledge of Marvel wrong, they're, they're pretty strict on that. But like, there's so much love for like the Marvel world um, and anyone that enters it. So the last week before it dropped was super fun interacting with fans and things. Um, and then this last week, it was really sad because it like all kind of like tapered off. Yeah. Being the Star Wars podcast that we are, but we do talk about other pop culture phenomenons, certainly Marvel. Um, the difference, though, between Star Wars fans and Marvel fans, like you mentioned, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. They do uh, nitpick or they get very finicky about their their content. But I think Marvel fans seem to be a little more lenient just because of the way Kevin Feige and the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe has been handled so far. Uh, opposed to some of the Star Wars stuff, which has been a little more controversial. So I'm, I'm happy to say that Marvel fans, while be, being very strict, can also be very uh, welcoming and friendly. Exactly. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> they just want you to know what's up. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So like I mispronounced something like Sokovia. I said Sokovia <laughs> or something like that. And they were like, oh, really? Is that, is, is that a place? Oh, because no. last I checked, it was, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Hilarious. You won't get that from us, at least from me. I'm the Star Wars guy that's kind of playing in, uh, in Marvel sandbox. And these guys are the really comic book geeks, my, my partners. Uh, I grew up not on comic books at all. I was like watching Star Wars and doing other things, but these guys really know it. And so I make mistakes every single episode we when we talk about Marvel stuff. So 
I'm right there with you. And so awesome. you shouldn't feel bad about that. <laughs> great, great. I did like, I did a whole TikTok about how little I know about Marvel and it was, it was pretty hilarious. So I, I couldn't help but to notice though, Jolene, in the season one finale, your character Beverly played a big role in a few key moments that sort of helped to drive that episode forward. And so what was that like, you know, knowing that you're coming on the set, having like a, a speaking part in these key moments? The cool thing is you don't get a full script. So you don't know exactly how pivotal some of the things are. So it takes some pressure off. Um, but then you don't know what's going on and you have to pretend like you're reacting to something that you don't know that's going on. And so mm. it's it was definitely challenging that um, townspeople scene um, at the end, I'm not spoiling, it's okay that I say things. No, right. no. Okay. So like that townspeople scene at the end where we're all coming up to her um, in its entirety, that took like an entire week to shoot. Wow. Because yeah. of all of the, coverage that we needed and the wides and the close-ups and mm -hmm. the movement and the running and the setups and the like it was it was an event so, uh, so the scene you're talking about is is wanda's adversary agnes has released the townspeople of westview from their sort of stupor and they're able to approach wanda and express what's been happening to them and their fear and their uh, their sorrow that they've been experiencing. And I actually have a clip of that scene. This is the very scene that you just brought up. I used to try to resist you, but now I can't remember why. Do you? My husband's on a business trip. Tell him I love him not to come back here ever. So how do you do that and, and emote like that when you're you're really not sure what you're emoting about exactly? And, and before you answer that, I just have to ask, is your husband okay? We, we are genuinely, we're concerned. We were concerned. I mean, my real life husband is who you should be more concerned about. Uh, spending 2020 with an actress uh, in quarantine. That's who you should be worried about. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Like that's when I found out I had a husband, like I made up my own backstories and like being like a Stepford Wives kind of person. I was like, I clearly have a husband, but I guess I don't have kids yet. I don't know. Um, the big answer is I don't, I don't know. I don't even, the big fan favorite is like, where are the chairs? Like if they keep asking me about the dang chairs and I'm like, I don't know where the, I got, apparently got the chairs cause there were chairs there. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was really different because coming in and out of the world. So there's the sitcom world mm -hmm. that we're in, in Wanda's creation. And then there's the real world that um, Agatha or Agnes pulls us back into where we can actually talk to Wanda about, you know, what she's doing to us. And the way that it, that we shot it was Dottie goes before me and says her line and we're walking and talking and doing the sitcom world of, ah, ha, 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 did you see that really cute store over there? And we're like all happy go lucky. And then it drops and we almost like freeze. We did like a freeze. And then she goes up and says hers and, um, Wanda had some dialogue and then I came up and said mine. So they edited it differently than it was. But the challenging part was to, in an instant, go from sitcom to, where's my husband? <laughs> <laughs> so that I actually really loved. Like when things freak me out or seem like they're gonna be so challenging, 
I get like a rush off of it. I'm a weirdo. It sounds terrible. It's weird. Yeah. Well, no, I, that's awesome. The Disney Plus put out an assembled um, behind the scenes uh, thing on WandaVision, which just came out Thursday night, I believe. And uh, it was fun watching exactly what you're talking about right there. Uh, that whole scene, they, they were talking about the technical aspects of it. They shot wide. Everything was going into wide, um, like cinematic widescreen versions of these uh, old four by three shots. So everything kind of opens up into these real wide shots. That was really cool. But we get to see you actually in some of those shots. Um, I was actually a little disappointed. I was hoping you'd have some, maybe even a couple seconds or minutes or whatever of behind the scenes where all you guys were talking about the townspeople sequence, because it's really interesting to see, not from the point of view that we saw on the show, but from behind the scenes, how you all were converging on her. It, it looks menacing from that wide shot. And it, it, I mean, it does come across in the show, but even more so with this, suddenly there's like 15, 20 people just surrounding her. And it looks like something bad is going down real bad, like fast. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we had no idea. So we were just like, they're like, so you're just going to circle her like you might like jump her. And I'm like, mm, okay, we'll do that. And then like, they're like, and then the the dome lifts. And I was like, I did under the dome. I got out of the dome. Why are we back <laughs> under a dang dome? Um, so then I'm like looking up and, and Matt Shackman, the director, um, he came up to me. He's like, I love your choking face. Just just toss your hair out of the way and do the choking face again. I'm like, oh, okay. So I had... They clearly cut it, but I had this like hair whip Vidal Sassoon thing before my choking face because <laughs> when you drop down, my hair is so voluminous. Our hair department is amazing um, and covered my face. So um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was insane to shoot and every single actor was there for each other. It wasn't an instance of, let me just stand here and say my lines everyone was in on it. So walking together, you just felt that energy. Even like all of the background that was coming in, you didn't feel anyone phoning it in. There was just so much electricity, so much energy. Um, and Lizzie, like she usually, someone who's a lead like that, who's in 20 hours a day, six days a week is like committed to the max they usually kind of take a back seat and they're like delivering their lines from off somewhere or someone else, the stand-in does it. She hugged camera, like straight next to camera, gave us eye lines to read off of her. And the camera was whipping back and forth in the circle. And she stayed with the camera and like asked him, okay, where are you moving? And she did the choreography with the cameraman oh, to wow. be able to be present for us after her coverage. I don't know wow. another actor that's that dedicated. Oh, it was again back. I'm going to I'm going back to the assembled documentary that just came out. But that scene again, Jolene, where we get to see you in this. And I love that um, you're, she's in it. You see Wanda or, or Liz. Liz, I'm going to call her Lizzie. I feel like she's our friend now, Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you see Lizzie there and she's doing the scene where she's breaking the dome from above and you guys are all falling down. And it's just a great shot from a wide, you know, again, behind the scenes shot, but just the amount of drama, like somebody could easily not be in that sequence. Uh, if they're getting close-ups of you guys, like she didn't have to be there or maybe half of the other people, but everyone's there. It's a great full bodied shot of everyone. And I just like, I love watching that technical side of the behind the scenes stuff going on. And, and you can see you in those shots and it's amazing to see that happening. So 
I applaud you for what was a great moment. I give that to Matt, like the director. He sets the tone. So does the like number one and two on the call sheet. Like they always set the tone on sets and Matt, for it being a pandemic and a big budget thing, he sure made it feel like a party, uh, which really lets everyone focus in on the work and feel confident um, going in. So I really, he just was nominated for a DGA for directing in a limited series. So I'm super excited for him. I feel like he really, he deserves it. it. Honestly, and everybody does in this because this came across, this was a really fun show. But for me, I said this multiple times on our reviews, there is this underlining dark brooding thing that's going on. And every time those moments happen where the camera breaks the style or the sense of the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, and it goes into this very almost twilight zone moments. Amazing. Like that's, it really came across as, wow, this is fun, but there's something ominous here. And it came, it came through before we actually get to see the reveal of Agnes, who is Agatha Harkness. Um, And then there might be something more going on even darker than that. But um, yeah, you guys were phenomenal. And it, it just, it made such a great time watching it with uh, my family here. So yeah. thank I'm you. I'm so glad. So, so you both, you both mentioned Lizzie, of course, we're, we're talking about Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> and um, I, I imagine one and two on the call sheet are Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Uh, two, two, of course, big, big stars on this show and on other projects. So how, how is it having someone like, uh, like, those two on the show, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Did you did you find yourself watching them? Did you learn from them? Did you become their, you know, do you have lunch together? How, how does that work on a show like, like WandaVision? Uh, did we all have lunch together? Um, <laughs> it was COVID. It was a very strange time, but oh, that's right. um, we did hang out during the pool scene more because there were less people. Um, and so, yeah, we like went, had crafty trips together and like, they're just people that happen to be extraordinary. Um, <laughs> uh, like L- Lizzie's like so kind and so thoughtful and considerate of other people and giving and like self-deprecating in the funniest, like sweetest way. Um, and Paul is, I, did I tell you guys? I don't know if I, I don't know if I could t- told you this story before, but so when he was in his full vision, yeah, cost, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. outfit situation, there's someone that walks behind him carrying like an air cooling pack so that he can stay cool because it was 110 degrees in the valley. Oh. Um, and another actor was like, "How do you wear that?" He's like, "Oh, you know, I try not to think about it." She, and this person goes, "Really? Because I would like scare like." tear my skin off I couldn't handle it and this person just keeps talking and I'm like just stop um so he's so kind and so wise and so grounded his response was when I start to feel like I just can't handle it anymore I envision how long the line around the block is to step into these shoes and take my job and then somehow it's worth it <laughs> and I was just and he was funny and he was like kind and if that like that's where he really sits with things the humility and groundedness in that with such an, a massive career like mm-hmm. those are my goals in life um 
So I've, I've now taken that with me. And there was someone on set, this last thing I did that was complaining. And I said, look, this is what Paul said. And I'm running with it. You should run with it. Let's all run with it. So definitely like something great, a gem that I took away. That's incredible. It's so good to hear that. I love hearing that. So you mentioned that the set was pretty loose. And, and as I'm, loose I'm, as a Marvel set can be. Well, well so that was my question. So, so I... I did uh, my question here on my, on my, on my prep notes is, you know, was it a serious environment on the set or was it pretty loose? So I'm curious to know in terms of the, the, the primary actors on the show, did they contribute to that sort of like casual feeling or was it mostly Matt, the director? I almost want to say Marvel Hmm. because I think they, if they provide an environment for anyone to excel in their job. And Mm -hmm. so when you're given the freedom to be able to really do your job well without feeling confined or whatever, then a really great work can come out of it. Like down to the point of there was paparazzi that was trying to sneak on set. We didn't have to worry. Marvel was on that and they made sure that we were taken care of. Marvel took care of us with the COVID situation so we didn't have to have anxiety so we could focus on our work. Um, Matt had the entire vision. We didn't have to have the huge vision. He just pinpointed in and specifically told us what our job was in the moment. And I think they just, they hire people that love what they do. And so it's just a great environment to thrive in. I'm actually glad you brought up the the concept of of the whole thing with COVID because I wasn't it, if, if I'm wrong, please let me know, but this show started filming before the shutdown last year. So at least the live studio audience parts, I think were filmed right before the shutdown. And then you guys continued, how far into COVID, um, the pandemic shutdown, did you guys go? How, how long, when was the final um, like wrap date? Or So they, they wrapped, I think in Atlanta the week before oh. the industry shut down. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Very, and maybe even the weekend like that it did shut down like days before, like they ran it real close. And then um, they waited, they knew they were gonna pick back up, but then because everything was backed up and and studio lots and locations, and I think they just had a lot of juggling to make happen. Um, we started shooting again in September, like the beginning of September, we started production again. Okay. And by, for me personally, I was in Maui in, October. So I know I was done in October. I don't know how much further they went. That's pretty amazing. I think that was also like right around the time things started to kind of loosen up and open up a little bit here and there. This was one of the first productions that had a significant background. Wow. Because I worked on a project in July, literally one of the first two productions that went back in like SAG productions that went back in after pandemic and there were like they were like um we know that you have this but can you just sit in the background of all these other scenes and be background because we are not allowed to have background right now I was like oh sure yeah because they they potted us so they're like you're not in these two other episodes but since you've already been in the pod let's just roll you in so it was I don't know it's very interesting and they potted this background um for for Wanda so that they couldn't go cross pollinate, I think is the verbiage that was going around yeah, yeah. Um, to other sets. Mm-hmm. So 
Marvel really seriously went out of their way to make sure that everyone was taken care of. That's amazing. That's, that's really great. good to hear too. That's great to hear. So the, one of the great things about Marvel is, you know, they've done such a great job of blending all the stories together and taking, you know, minor characters and weaving them into the fabric of the overall Marvel universe to create something really special with these films and and the, and now with the television productions. It seems pretty clear, um, at least the internet thinks, that WandaVision is going to be a lead-in to the film universe. Particularly, there's a lot of talk about the Doctor Strange sequel. Do you think, are, are we going to see Beverly again in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe? Steve, let me, lead, let me lead off of this question because I have something a little bit, Steve's not the comic book guy. So I'm going to add the comic book flair to this. Yes. Give me all the information. Based off of what Steve just said and knowing what some of the characters have said in the show, and I'm going to pull out another one of your co-actresses here, uh, Kat Dennings, I believe, uh, who plays Darcy, uh, mentioned something very uh, unique to us in the Marvel universe. And that's the CMBR radiation line that she pu pulls out. Can, let me add to the Beverly coming back. Can we almost assume Beverly might be changed in the future? Maybe with a certain new franchise that Disney now owns, possibly a genetic modification we're going to talk about? Do you think there might be some X-Men we're oh. talking about? I'm Dear Lord, I hope so. Yes, <laughs> please, Marvel. My phone is is on and ready to receive a call. So yes, please. Okay, I know there's a day. It was fun watching your face as Scott was leading you into that. <laughs> you are clearly an X-Men fan, I think. Me? Yes. No. No. <laughs> no, I I am so musical theater nerd. I love. Oh, that's have, right. Yes. I I I don't have the understanding, but I do have so many friends that are like obsessed in the Marvel, the Star Wars, the X Men, the is Superman. What is Superman? Uh, DC. Superman but, DC. Hey, Maybe there, like, <laughs> there's there's like so so many of my guy I have amazing guy friends and they're all like they tell me all these things and I like nod and I know how to like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry I was I was I was stretching it way out there but then I'm like I gotta just hone it in and call it for what it is let's go X-Men and let's I, there's a million characters but you know Jubilee or a Dazzler or I don't know there's a well, bunch hang on Scott I want to get to this question though because she didn't answer the question Okay. And if you can't, that's okay. But I want to know, do, are we going to see Beverly again in the Marvel universe to your I, knowledge? <laughs> I hope so because, um, I would like to send my daughter to college. Um, <laughs> I would like a new car. <laughs> um, right. no, I honestly, like, I loved working with Marvel so much that I've heard other actors say, if Marvel ever calls me back, I will pick that phone up. And it's true, but the little amount that I did with them leaves me thirsty for more, honestly, because mm -hmm. they are just so, they let you play, they let you breathe, they let you, um, I don't know, it was just, it was such an amazing experience. And the actors, the caliber, the professionalism, like, I'm taking in things that I've learned and I've worked for a little bit, but there's not another show that I watched another actor and was like, okay, I'm going to take that with me, you know, mm -hmm. and with Lizzie and with Paul and with Catherine and with, it's just like, 
there were like gems just everywhere. Um, so I'm, I'm so happy that I took so much with me from Marvel, not just the paycheck, but like, yeah. Well, and Steve, this is why I was using this and, and Jolene, I hope you don't mind me. This is why I pulled in the name Kat Dennings is because she was in a couple of the movies, but a very minor character who got a pretty big expanded part in the WandaVision show. So, you know, that's why I'm hoping fingers crossed we get our favorite WandaVision star here yeah. into multiple, the multi multiverse. That's what I'm saying. We're rooting for you. <laughs> there are people, I feel like someone was like, are you coming back as like She-Hulk? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. And they, they took me like seriously. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't know. Who am I? I'm the last person they called. Like, don't trust me. Um, yeah, there are people, then they thought I was, a, they, we were witches or something for a while. Um, I don't, the, it's very interesting. On Clubhouse, there's Marvel um, little uh, rooms that you can go into. And so I would pop in and listen to all the theories. It's very interesting. Oh, no, that's interesting. So is that something, are, are you, I, I don't want to use the term lurker, but do you, do you go into these rooms and kind of like, you know, nobody knows who you are and you're listening to the convo? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. And then inevitably, like, I was David Langell who plays um, Jones, the pianist um, guy. He, oh, yeah. He's recognizable with his mustache, right? Yeah. So he and I would pop in at the same time and they would inevitably recognize him and pull him up to talk. And then he would announce me and then I couldn't be a lurker anymore. So <laughs> I lurk as long as I can. That's great. That's good. Yeah. So, so what is on deck for Jolene Pretty? What do you, what do you, doing what are you working on what's coming up for you um so hbo another amazing um company to work for again with the freedom um to play and do the wrong things um <laughs> coming up it's called the white lotus uh again stellar cast uh molly shannon jennifer coolidge steve zahn connie Britton, alexandra daddario um Wow. Like just the list goes on. Comedy gold. Um, Mike White is the writer and director. And it's, I don't know when the trailer just came out. Oh, um, okay. I just did ADR for it. So I know it's coming soon. I'm, I'm envisioning like a late spring, early summer situation potentially. Okay. That's we'll find it. Think. We'll find it and link it to the show notes for this episode. Uh, of our podcast. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. And is that the one you were filming in Hawaii? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of Again, fun. Again, another company that took care of production with the COVID situation going on, they went above and beyond um, for their actors and crew and um, just great, great, great um, people. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, I know the state was always doing really well too during all this, but what a great place to be filming a show is in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, I left my husband for two months to go swim with sea turtles. Like <laughs> life could be worse. I went from Marvel universe to Maui. Like we're good. 2020 was all right for me. Yeah. Um, eh, yeah. 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 Well, hopefully 2021 will be uh, all right for everybody. We're making so much progress with the, uh, the vaccine rollout and with the numbers looking a lot better. How are you feeling about it? Are you feeling uh, safer uh, for you and your family these days? 
I am. We did um, we did pull our daughter out of daycare just to really um, close off ranks, but um, she needs the social aspect of things. And I felt like 10 kids was better than taking her to the park with exponential amounts of kids and things. So we put her in only for outside time. So we're kind of starting to breathe outdoors again. Yep, I think yeah, yeah. that applies to all of us. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife is a completely social butterfly and uh, I'm kind of the stay-at-home person and she's been going crazy. She's like out of her mind this year, not being able to see friends and stuff. It's been tough. Same, yeah. We're making, we're making a comeback. Um, well, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. And Jolene, it's it's been really such a pleasure getting to know you a little bit and talking to you for the past month, uh, the, twice that you've been on the show. And I really wish you all the success in the world. And I hope we can stay in touch beyond uh, WandaVision. I would love to talk to you about the White Lotus when when you're ready to do that. Yeah, for sure. I'm around. And and uh, are we going to start a petition? Can we get Jolene as an, as the new X Men? Come on. Start a petition. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I would die if, yeah, if I got to play with them again, that would be that's, incredible. That's I would a hell say, of a sandbox. I need to know more though. That's what I would say. <laughs> we have a few experts on the show for the X-Men. That's all I'm saying. So Okay. Okay, great. Definitely have great. that. <laughs> Jolene, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Really nice to have you. And, uh, and good luck moving forward in your career. Thanks it's great so seeing you again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks.